The Watership Down podcast is intended for listeners who are familiar with the plot. There may be spoilers. This episode is scripted by Newell Fisher and Liam McKayla and is narrated, recorded and edited by Newell Fisher. Hello and welcome to the Watership Down podcast episode 105 in which we'll be looking at the second story from part two of Tales from Watership Down, chapter nine of the overall book, The Story of the Great Marsh. First, though, I must correct something I said last week in my introduction to part two, where I said that these four tales are all clearly from the earlier part of Ella Carrera and Rabscuttle's journey back from the Warren of the Black Rabbit of Inlay. I clearly wasn't paying attention, for the very end of the last of these four tales very clearly states that they reached their home Warren, which begs the question, if there are meant to be so many stories of their journey, and if these four are so seemingly linked, then why do they seem to encompass the entire journey? Or am I overthinking this? Probably. On another note, I've been re-watching the documentary on Richard Adams that I recommended in a previous episode. I really should have referenced it in the episode on his life two episodes ago, but I didn't. It is well worth a watch. There will be a link in the notes. I think this was the last actual interview, interview he ever gave. Anyway, let's rejoin Alakera and Rabscuttle's journey. Part 2, Story 2, Chapter 9, The Story of the Great Marsh The opening quotation is from Psalm 40 of the Biblical Old Testament. It simply references being brought out of unfirm or miry ground by God and given firmer ground to walk upon. This is of course metaphorical, but in the coming chapter it it will be literal. Seemingly some time has passed since the end of the last story. There is reference to a fine, clear morning close to midsummer. Once again, Elifrara and Rabscuttle are on higher ground, surveying the land ahead of them. In one direction lies the kind of land they are familiar with. However, on the sunset side, the fields are bounded by a large area of marshland extending north. Descending from the hill, they come to some rabbit holes near the marsh and ask to see the chief to see if they can stay for a few days to rest. They are greeted as Slesil, or wandering rabbits with no home warren, but not in a way that suggests this is a problem. The chief's name is Burdock, and he seems friendly, telling them they are welcome to stay. The rabbits of this warren seem curious about their adventures, and Elafrera's mutilated ears are referenced for the first time in these tales. They deliberately avoid mentioning their visit to the Black Rabbit of Inlaith, though there is natural curiosity as to why they are Slesil and felt the need to leave their last warren. Cerndyne, the captain of Owsler, who states he would never want to leave this warren, is particularly curious. One evening, a few days later, another Clessy arrives and asks to be taken to see this chief rabbit. He is frantic to warn them about a massive horde of rats coming their way, which overran his warren. He only just escaped with his life. They are killing everything in their path and are only a day away. Burdock, the chief, asks Cerndyne, his captain of Owsler, what to do. Should he call a meeting of the Owsler? Elacrara points out that there isn't time for this. As leader, he just needs to make a decision in this kind of situation. A subtle political point, perhaps? Elacrara says that it sounds as if the rats will be there before Nefrith or noon the following day. They have to all leave, and quickly. Burdock points out that the warren is bounded on two sides by an uncrossable river, and on a third side by the marsh. I'm a little unclear about the geography here, but it seems that the only easy direction of escape, a little conveniently, is in the direction of the rats. The only possible direction of escape is across the marsh. They have no idea how wide it is, as none of them have ever crossed it. 
El Herrera offers to lead them across the marsh, provoking an angry reaction from Celandine, who puts him down as a brainless lessie. It seems Hin and Burdock just want to keep talking about the problem, as if talking on its own will help. So, El O'Hara tells Rabscottle to go round the rabbits of the Warren and tell them to meet him by a tree if they want to come. He then tells Burdock and Celandine he has done this. To his surprise, they do not seem to mind passing on the responsibility. Their consistency of character in this story is a bit strange at times. Elohera begins to get a lot of questions from rabbits who have their doubts about the plan, in particular those with kittens. But once at the tree where they were told to meet, he finds many rabbits there, including Burdock and Celandine. And so, at Fuinle, or after moonrise, they set off. Elohera, of course, has more experience of marshes than most rabbits, having previously been exiled to the marshes of Kelfazin. Keeping Burdock with him so it will look as if their chief is leading them, Elohera begins the maze-like trial and error, possibly linking back to the previous chapter, of navigating his way through the Great Marsh, testing ground, sinking, retreating, trying another piece of ground, etc. The rising moon helps their progress, and he gradually begins to understand the distinction between the smell of more solid and less solid ground. Elohera begins to realise that they may still be in the marsh and out in the open with no cover during the following day. The constant strain of navigating the marsh begins to tire him. He also wonders what kind of land they may find when they eventually reach the other side of the marsh. In later years, Elohera says that the crossing of the marsh was the worst of his adventures. He has placed Rabscuttle in the rear in order to pick up stragglers, but he now realises he needs him up front so he can discuss what to do if anything happens to him. He sends a message back for Rabscuttle to join him. According to Rabscuttle, things are going well at the back and they have a good storyteller, Chicory, who is helping to keep them together. Elohera now leaves Rabscuttle up front as he lets the rabbits pass him until he ends up at the back, where he meets Chicory, who is telling the story of the king's lettuce. Elohera also helps a small young rabbit before returning to Rabscuttle and Burdock at the front of the column. Presumably he thinks Chicory is doing a good job at the back. Rabscuttle is doing a good job at the front and is getting on with the two leaders, even encouraging Celandine to take over navigating. As daylight returns after the short summer night, Elohera becomes nervous about the rabbits splitting up into groups of the weaker and stronger and getting into difficulties as they try to find food. He suggests tightening the group up and keeping them closer together. Celandine says that getting them to do anything won't be easy, as they've had it too easy for a long time. Suddenly, a heron lands next to them and rudely tells them they should not be there. Elohera explains why they are, so the heron offers to show them the way out of the marsh. Unfortunately, the heron seems not to understand at first that rabbits cannot wade where it can, but this soon improves. The heron remains rude and clearly doesn't care if a few rabbits drown as they, as they are led through the marsh. By Nefrith or noon, they are still in the marsh and exhausted. Elohera dare not leave his place in charge and asks the heron if they can rest. After a brief conversation with the heron about why rabbits cannot fly, Rabscuttle reports that two rabbits are missing and the rest at the back are in poor shape. Elohera decides to ask the heron to continue guiding them as he is afraid it might abandon them in the, if they stop. And then, a short time later, they see a line of trees on a bank up ahead. They have reached the other side of the Great Marsh. Burdock, despite being a useless chief in a crisis, proves his worth now by greeting all his rabbits by name. He also names the two rabbits who were lost, Yarrow and Kingcup. Elohera feels ashamed for having not having learned more names himself. They all make their way into a summer meadow of long grass and rest.
Is it canon? I like this story, despite wishing that more were made of the approaching rats. It demonstrates the quality of Elacrera's leadership, as well as how he works with Rapscuttle, possibly better than any tale in the original novel, and also shows one of the most admirable qualities of a great leader, humility. Leah Michaela comments, quote, Going on with a couple of the stories in the middle of this second part, story of the Great Marsh and terrible haymaking, that are tied together by same characters and make the story arc of triumph and fall clearer by following right after each other. Story of the Great Marsh seems to be again retelling some parts of Warship Down. Elachera and Rabscuttle come into a warren that is soon going to be under attack by rats and they have to move. Unlike in Sandalford, this time the entire warren is going to move. Though trying to get them to move resembles the part in Sandalford. They are heading over marshlands. That makes me think of the part in Warship Down where they cross the common in chapters 10 and 11. In the marsh they meet a heron who helps them through despite his prejudices against rabbits. Helping Bird made me first think of Kihar and his loyalty to Bigwig rather than Hazel, even if herons are bigger than gulls and might have even more reason to not socialise with rabbits at all. Had to browse back to what was said about Encounter with Rats in Wardship Down, because that was passed rather fast in the book, even if some film versions make some dramatic scenes of it, and it turns out the same chapter, 18, there's a mention of meeting also a heron on their way. No mention of talking with that heron or following it, though, but seems like Dandelion telling a story peppered with own experiences and set to mythical realm would know something about herons to place them into the story, at least more than about camels in Rousbury Woof. And yet in this part, there's no framing story of Dandelion telling these stories as part of his repertoire. Even the realm in just this story doesn't seem quite that mythical, and one has to remind oneself several times the main characters are Elacrera and Rabscuttle, and not Hazel and Bigwig. Story of the Great Marsh is also a story about leadership, comparing Elacrera and Rabscuttle, as well as the Warren residents' different styles and approaches to the same tasks, and giving them credit of what makes their followers like them. End quote. Thank you, Leah. Her notes on the book that I'm using were sent to me last June, so Leah has waited quite a while to hear them being used, and very good her observations are. So, overall, I'm going to firmly say that this story is canon. It adds very substantively to our assessment of the characters of Elacrera and Rabscuttle, and certainly does this far more than most of the stories in part one. Next time, Elachrera and Rabscuttle's new friends give an object lesson in how not to deal with humans as triumph turns to tragedy.